1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: As we run through the week one card, who better to break it down than a guy who's been with us for the last year. He has done a fantastic job over at Sports Grid with the morning after so let's run through a bunch of these games. with Our main man, Jared Smith, Smitty, what's happening, brother?
2: JJ, that, that brought a smile to my heart to hear you say the first football Friday of the year. Like it just, cause I got a vibe of it was like, I'm driving in my car. It's three in the morning. I'm coming home from a shift and I hear you doing that in a random, you know, a, a normal year. And now we're starting to get that normalcy again. And it just feel, it just feels good. JJ football is back.
0: Smitty, let's be honest. Aside from my bad cap on the Houston Texans earlier in the night, <laughs> it was, <laughs> I don't know I if you felt this way. It looked like, it felt like National Football League, you know, real-life action. I mean, aside from the fact that he didn't have Arrowhead packed and rocking, but like, it the, still loud. had a sense watching it, and I don't know if that was the crowd noise or whatnot, but watching it, Smitty, it felt normal, dude. It really did. Yeah, it,
2: it did. It, it did, JJ. And I think the one thing we're noticing, the – when, when you have professional quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, a lack of preseason games just does not matter. I think it's going to matter for some of the younger players in the league. But when you have an established offense, established coaches, kind of with Bill O'Brien, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now. But that was a disaster uh, to, tonight. But when you have established coaches, established systems, really good quarterbacks with, with weapons, I don't think you're going to see the rust right away. Maybe a few plays here or there. But for the most part, the flow of that game, aside from Bill O'Brien's play calling, was very normal. Very much what we are normally used to seeing in a a regular NFL game. And the Chiefs look pretty good again. That Clyde Edwards-Hilaire kid looked pretty good. Their offense could be better than last year if they have a legitimate running game. Uh, And, and yeah, it's all systems go for this weekend, man. I am really excited.
0: All right, when it comes to week one strategies, um, we haven't seen these teams in action for a couple months now. Obviously, this year you don't have the usual buzz of a training camp. You don't have the normal buzz of a preseason Do you find, Smitty, week one, tough to handicap, easy to handicap, somewhere in the middle? Like, what's your stance on looking at week one, first time throw? I I think there are some
2: trends that you can carry over to week one. I mean, I I know trends are, like, the best friend from any gambler. I I think week one, it's hard to kind of pick out which trends are kind of, like, fake news and which ones are kind of actionable. The best advice that I can give is when you're looking at, really, like, the trendy trends – like the things that you always hear, go dive deeper into social media, dive deeper into the injury reports, look at the depth charts, read the press conference clippings, you know, try to find the difference between something that's just a trendy trend and something that you can actually handicap and something that's actionable info. And and I think the injury reports really are, 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 you know, they make it a little bit easier for us, but now they're starting to hide some of these injuries. So I, I think it's, I think it's hard week one, but That's where the lines are the softest. So if you feel strongly about something and you do your research, don't be hesitant just because it's week one, because you're going to get the softest line because it's still very early in the season.
0: All right, Smitty, let's get to a bunch of these games. We'll start locally. Jets, who are a a six-and-a-half-point dog at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, obviously a big public team, 70% of the tickets coming in on them. And then you have the instance of, you know, knockout pulls. I'm sure everybody and their mother – using buffalo as one of the leading candidates is this a bill's romp or are you a little concerned with how heavy a public side this may be
2: i mean this is definitely a heavy public side i don't think it's as heavy as some of the other games but you know they're, they're one of the heavier sides of the week you know the bills the bills certainly have the roster to win their first afc east title since the jim kelly days in in 1995 when we were watching you know uh, you know schoolyard Uh, football jj this was a long time ago i just said kelly and marino i long for those days come on now those are the days those are the old school days and the jets were miserable in the early 90s until they finally got test and parcells but uh then they started to turn it around but recently they've been really bad as a road dog and this is one of those trends that i do kind of take a little bit of stock in because they're usually a road underdog and this kind of tells you what they do on the road ats 817 and one ats on the road since 2016 Now, I think this game comes down to Sam Darnold, and if he's able to do anything with this new-look offensive line, kind of makeshift weapons against a very, very good Buffalo defense and even a better Buffalo secondary. This secondary is elite, JJ. It could be one of the best in football. Trey Davies White we all know about. He got the contract. Then you've got Josh Norman, the newcomer corner on the other side. And the safety position, since Sean McDermott took over a couple years ago, has been so consistent with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. I really like this secondary to kind of control tempo on defense, kind of like how Pittsburgh did it last year with Minka Fitzpatrick. And this defense is so good that the FNS kid they drafted in the second round, he's not even like first or second on the depth chart this year. You've got Hughes, you've got Addison. Quentin Jefferson's the newcomer. I mean, this Buffalo defense is going to get after Sam Darner. We're going to find out exactly how good Mackay Becton is very early in the season. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a little concerned about the Jets moving the football. We know about the injuries at wide receiver. I wouldn't back the Jets here. Uh, I understand if you're a little concerned with the line being high in a divisional game. If you want to tease this thing down, maybe Buffalo money line in a parlay. I don't think the Bills are losing this game, though, at home.
0: Um, right out of the gate, what is the biggest, like, sucker bet? That like reeks obvious play, go Hmm. the other way, seems too good to be true.
2: Philly, a little bit, because they always seem to not cover this opening game against Washington. This was the one game that Washington was able to cover last year. Uh, It it just, and 905 of the hook isn't a lot. And, you know, Washington is going through a lot of stuff as well with all their off the field issues, and Philly's got the injuries as well. But I, I, the public is really hard on Philly, and the line has not really moved that much. It hasn't gotten close to that seven number that the Bills Jets game is getting very close to, or even that Steelers Giants game, which is starting to get close to seven as well. This one's hovering in the five territory. And I think that kind of tells you that, that this could be a close one. I, I, I don't want to say it's a sucker's bet because I think in the NFL week one, there's, there's no sucker's bet. It's just kind of hold your nose. If you're going to back some of these public sides, but Washington with Rivera, I think they're going to be feisty this year. I think they're going to struggle a lot, but I think they're going to be a feisty team. They're going to be an aggressive team. Unlike years past where their coaching has been kind of timid. I think Rivera is going to take some chances riverboat Ron. So they might surprise you uh, in, in, in a couple of games this season and have, Certainly is capable of throwing the football. So I think that's the one that jumps out to me that I haven't seen the big line move with the public favorite.
0: Gerald, let's get to my team, the Dolphins. They go to New mm. England where they won the regular season finale. It knocked New England out of a bye. It was Tom Brady's last regular season game in New England before losing to Tennessee the following week. And now we have the rematch in week one. Fitzpatrick at quarterback, a whole lot of uncertainty with the Pats from Cam Newton to the lack of weapons, to the defense. Do you see any value with the Dolphins this week plus the six and a half?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the notes that I wrote down are fins are passed. So it's the 64th consecutive regular season game the Pats have been favored. I mean, that's just absurd. I mean, it really is dating back to 2016. You know, they haven't had one tough game on the road where they were a one-point dog. I mean, it, it really is incredible. Uh, the offense in full re- in retool mode, as you said, though, and, and I don't know – if you really want to back Cam Newton as a favorite in week one. Now, he could surprise us. He certainly could surprise us. But you also have to consider that Tom Brady was holding this offense together with, like, string and duct tape. I mean, Julian Edelman's in his 11th NFL season. You've got Demir Bird and Keneal Harry, the other receivers. They have a combined 56 career receptions between the two of them. Meanwhile, I think – I mean, if you combine just – if you took these rosters in a vacuum, J.J., and just took the skill position players of both teams – I mean, how can you even compare, you know, just the backfield with, with Howard and Breida, what you guys did in the offseason, but then Parker Williams and Gasecki. I mean, it, I, I really think the skill position players for Miami are very talented. Now you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, the trigger man, who's going to have some very volatile performances this season, but they can score points in bunches. I could see a lot of team total overs for the Dolphins cashing this season. And this kind of feels like one of those matchups where Belichick draws up just enough to sneak out a win but the Dolphins get the cover and also Miami nine and three ATS the last 12 games. So, and all of those are as an underdog. So I think Miami in this spot coming back, you get pretty much everyone back from last year and you get two under your belt. I don't think you're going to see him early as I think you'd agree, but you know, Fitzpatrick can certainly get the job done, you know, road game. I don't think there's fans in New England. I need to check that. But I, I think this is definitely a chance for the Finns to cover this.
0: All right, let's get to Tom Brady making his debut with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You go up against the New Orleans Saints who have been knocking at the door the last couple of years. I would say, Jared, I like Tampa to win this division. I have a weird feeling they're going to f- come out of the gate guns a Um, I'm concerned about New Orleans and their mental psyche uh, after being so close over the last couple of years. But forget about the overall you know, feel of the NFC South. Week one, Brady's first start. He's a dog in week one for what feels like the first time in forever. How do you see Saints' bulk shaking out?
2: You're right. It is the first time in forever. I think I saw like – I forget the exact number, but it's a long time. 33-21 and 21 outright as a dog, too, Tom Brady. So he certainly understands what it's – and that was obviously very early in his career when, before the Patriots' dynasty really took off. But, you know, he certainly understands how to win in this spot. Public all over Tampa Bay, as you would expect. But I, I think what we've seen is this is – to me, this is a legitimate team in Tampa Bay. And, and I understand, the, like, the hype with Buffalo. You know, people question Josh Allen. I don't think people have the same questions about Tom Brady as they do about Josh Allen. There's different questions about Tom Brady. But I don't think the mental side of winning a big game is, is ever a question about Brady. And when you look at the Saints, they've struggled early on in the season, J.J. NFL worst, one 8-1 and won ATS in their last 10 Week 1 games. And that's all under... Uh, Breeze and, and, and Peyton. So, I mean, the, you know, that, that's all under this regime. I, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, this is why I love you. We're on the same page about Tampa Bay. I've been down on New Orleans for a couple of years now, so I'm sticking with that. But I love this Tampa. I, I really, really love this Tampa Bay team a lot. Uh, you know, you look at the weapons that Tom Brady has. This is a completely different handicap for this quarterback this season. So he's going to be under center now, aside from Chris Godwin, who's you know, pound for pound, I think the best receiver in the NFL. Leonard Fournette, I thought the pickup to me opened my eyes, J.J., and here's why. Fournette, and this number absolutely floored me when I read this. I didn't know that he had 76 catches last year, Leonard Fournette, in a really bad Jacksonville offense. You put him with Tom Brady, who's arguably one of the best throwers to running backs in the history of the game. And I think Fournette and Brady could be a match made in heaven. And this adds an element to that offense. You have Godwin and Evans and O.J. Howard and Gronk, and now you throw Fournette into the mix, who is going to be a dog out of the backfield. I'll tell you what, man. This Physically, they, they did the right thing in the, in the draft. They took the offensive lineman. I, I think the Bucks are ready to roll, man. Super Bowl, division, conference. I mean, I, I think this offense is going to be really tough to stop.
0: We got my buddy Jared Smith. We're breaking down a week one card. Check him out over at Sports Grid. All right, Jared. Sunday night, Cowboys, who I think have high hopes going into the year, I am very concerned about this spot for them against the LA Rams. This line opened at hmm. three. You know, everybody and their mother is betting Dallas, and I see the line move at half point. Uh, you smell something fishy?
2: Well, I want to check today. It, it's it, I think the money is evening out a little bit. It's it's I, I think I'm so. You got some money coming in on the Rams and, over the last yeah, twenty four to forty eight hours? Is what you telling me? And, and I think that could be a good thing. But to be honest with you, I think this is a pass game. I will say this. The news today might change my thoughts a little bit about Dak Prescott kind of opening up a little bit. I don't know how you feel about this, but it does feel like he's a little more vulnerable this season emotionally. And it might be a good thing because he might be actually galvanizing the team around him, which I think, you know, they're kind of understanding that this is his year. I mean, this, he has no excuses this season. Dallas added, I mean, arguably the best weapon in the draft was CeeDee Lamb who has excelled in camp, by the way. And he is like the cherry on top of what is already a very good Dallas attack. You know about Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. I think Zeke still has some run left in him as well. Offensive line, a top five unit. I mean, there is no excuses for Dak Prescott this season. If you want to throw a flyer on him to win the MVP at 20-1, to 1, I can't blame you. Because I, I do think this is it for him, and he's going to have to throw for four or 5,000 yards to prove that he's worth every dime that he's going to be asking for in the offseason. And the Rams still, they, they didn't address the offensive line. I, I liked what they did in the draft with Akers uh, and with Jefferson, you know, replacing the guys that they lost. But I just don't know if I trust Jared Goff behind a makeshift offensive line. So that's the part that scares me about this Rams team. They're, the, the Rams' defensive line is going to challenge Dallas physically, and I think the physicality of L.A. might be a problem early in the season for some teams before they get up to speed. But I, I, I find it tough not to back Dallas here. I, I can't back the Rams in this spot. I, I might not get to the window on Dallas, but I definitely can't back the Rams in this spot.
0: All right, Smitty, let's get to Monday Night Football. Giants making their season debut. Monday night, new coach taking on the Steelers. This line has skyrocketed. Opened yeah. at three and a half. Now I'm seeing it in some places at five and a half, six. I wouldn't be surprised if it's around seven as we move closer and closer to kickoff. You give any shot to the Giants as far as being competitive in this game?
2: I mean, I think they'll be competitive. I I think Joe Judge has a lot of spunk to him, but he's coaching in his first NFL game against Mike Tomlin, who's arguably one of the best coaches in football. So there's a coaching mismatch already. And I, I, I think for the Steelers, they have a lot to prove. And I think Pittsburgh's defense is, you know, everyone's talking about Ben Roethlisberger and they should, he hasn't played football really competitively in almost two years. And I, I think that's definitely something to keep an eye on. He even came out and said this week, he's going to be, I think the quote is, I have it here in my notes. He's going to be shaking like a leaf is the quote that big, <laughs> big Ben said earlier today. And, you know, I think there's a little nervousness anytime you haven't played in that long. So I, I I'd look for a little bit of, skittishness with Pittsburgh early and maybe that compounds and maybe that's a, an avenue for the Giants to stay in this game but this is a rebuilding team uh, with the Giants still I mean you know they couldn't keep Leonard Williams in the offseason I'm sure you guys have gone into it a million times about the defense and what's happening with the secondary and, and Pittsburgh's going to certainly challenge them down the field I think Big Ben's going to come out aggressive I think Pittsburgh's going to have something to prove just missing out on the playoffs last year if it would have been the 17 format they would have made it last year so I, I think Pittsburgh's a really tough team this year. And that defense is really going to give that Giants O-line some problems. And I think Pittsburgh's going to win the game. And I think they're going to cover pretty handily.
0: I was all over Denver. I felt great about Denver week one. And I felt great about Denver going to the playoffs this year, Jared. And now I have major call feet. I got to be honest with you. Von Miller out for the year. And now I'm hearing this AC joint for Cortland Sutton. Does that change your perception at all for this Monday night game and the season as a whole?
2: So, this is actually funny. This game, I was really close to making this, the Titans, one of my bigger plays because I really thought the physicality of Tennessee would give some some problems to Denver's defense early, especially without Miller. I think early in the season, teams that can do what the Chiefs did tonight, which is run the football with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, of all people, and actually control the tempo are really going to really gonna put defenses on the back heels because the physicality, the contact, the, 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 the tackling, I think that's still a week or two behind. So I thought the Titans, who have a really good physical team with Derrick Henry, might have a little bit of advantage. And then the conditioning aspect with the altitude kind of took me off of that. Now, if you put those things in a vacuum and you just look at this Broncos roster, I am a little concerned. I'll be honest, and I certainly question John Elway's track record with picking quarterbacks. I mean, we're all ready to appoint Drew Locke, and I think he's shown right now through five games that he can play but i'm not ready to appoint this guy the king and savior of denver since peyton manning let me read you the list of quarterbacks john elway has taken and not just drafted but also signed brock osweiler trevor simeon christian ponder paxton lynch chad kelly case keenum so i i just if there are issues in denver they gave the keys to this kid there's really no one else behind him so that's where i get concerned as well and now he's losing weapons left and right his other weapons are both rookies hamler and judy I, I am a little bit worried about Denver, and obviously the loss of Von Miller is just huge, and Chubb's a little bit banged up as well. This team's got some problems. Meanwhile, Tennessee's going to be physical. They're going to get in your face. Mike Brable is certainly hungry after losing in the AC championship game last year. I just don't know if Ryan Tannehill can repeat that performance. So that's where I struggle with Tennessee in this game. But I, I tell you what, Denver, you're, I think you're on to something. I would get a little cold feet with them in the futures market.
0: All right, Jerry, before we get you out of here, it's now time. Best bets. First, let's do anything in the season uh, from a division to uh, a conference winner to uh, mm. a total. What was your favorite preseason bet to make in the NFL?
2: Oh, man. How about
0: the Jets under seven wins? I know it's going to
2: make a I I mean, I'm a Jet. And this is coming from a Jets fan. So, I mean, you know, it's, there's, there's certainly no Hey, tell it there, like but, it
0: is, bro. You don't have to apologize uh, yeah. to me.
2: You're telling it like when, it is. When I, when I- Saw that schedule, JJ, and now I read the things that I read over the summer. We talked
0: about and, it, in May Jared. I remember talking did. about it with yeah. you and May, going through absolutely. how tough a schedule that was going to yeah. be. Jeez, it's absolutely brutal. And so I've been on that
2: for a while. It's moved now because they lost Adams and the, and and they lost Mosley. So that number's moved now to six and a half. There might even be some sixes out there in the market. So that's a tough bet. Because you have to, you know, it has to be a five win season uh, for you to win that bet, and that's tough. If you can get seven, I think it's good. I I think the Bengals are going to really struggle this year, too, JJ. I would say under four and a half, under five and a half on Cincinnati. Joe Burrow's played in like 25 games in his career. Now he's coming into basically a brand new offense with a second year head coach, and that division ain't easy. So I, I, I can't see the Bengals winning more than four or five games this year.
0: Now I'm giving you the four, my friend. Week one. What is on the Smitty card, the beaks, if you will, for week number one? What would that be? <laughs> I, I, kind
2: of in that Bengals vein, the first half under in this Cincinnati uh, Chargers game. I, I think this is the best bet for me of the week. Both of these offensive lines are ranked 30th and 31st, respectively, for Cincinnati and L.A. And the Chargers defense, J.J., is a Dog this season, even without Thurwin James, I don't think the Bengals are ready for the thunder uh, that the Chargers are going to bring with Bosa and Ingram up front. And so that, and I, I like the Chargers as well to cover the three in that game as well. But the play I really like in that game, and this is probably my best bet of the week, first half under in the Chargers and the Bengals. If you can find a twenty-one, I found one on points bet in Jersey tonight. I hammered it. To me, that is the play of the week. I think that's going to be a slow sloppy start with a couple of running offenses there in Cincinnati and Burrow's going to really struggle I think to start his rookie campaign
0: first half under for the Bengals and the Chargers on a side Jared do you have a favorite play for the week on a side
2: now, let's take a look
0: I, I think the Colts are going to have a
2: pretty good time against the Jaguars I really think and and the fact that that game got to over seven and a half uh, on the road for Indy, I think showed me that that number is really ready to move. So if if you want to – I know it's really chalky, but, man, oh, man, Jacksonville is really bad, and I think they're going to get hammered early. And I, I think – I really think back in the Bucks at plus three and a half is a good number too. I mean, if, if they're going to give you that hook with Tampa Bay and, and, and Brady, I'm certainly going to take it. I, I love your Bucks handicap. I'm on them to win the division at well at plus 160, and I do think they get off to a really good start, and I think New Orleans is shaky. So let's go Bucks plus three and a half. Colts minus seven and a half. A couple of south teams to start the season here.
0: Smitty, I love it, bro. We will do a lot more of this throughout the course of the year. Continued success over at Sports Grid and enjoy the football this weekend. All right, my brother? Amen,
2: brother. You too. We'll talk soon, bro.
0: There you have it. Good stuff there from Jared Smith over at Sports Grid.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?